You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you along on today's show. Just getting into bowl season, and already an SEC team pulls out of their bowl game due to COVID. We'll discuss what's going on with the Tennessee Volunteers. Also, despite finishing 5-5 five and five overall, really tough year for LSU's defense. Now, defensive coordinator Bo Pelini handed his walking papers after just one year. We'll discuss who else got the axe at LSU. And we'll also talk all things SEC with our buddy Dan Matthews. Uh, the Chuck Oliver Show will get his thoughts on everything from the SEC Championship game to Georgia taking on Cincinnati in the Peach Bowl. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day, five days a week. All right, plenty to discuss. Let's jump right into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Oh. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. All right, we start with Tennessee dropping out of the Liberty Bowl on Monday and pausing team activities following positive COVID-19 test results stemming from testing on Sunday. Coach Jeremy Pruitt, among those who tested positive, he said in a statement he is experiencing mild symptoms but is doing fine. The Vols on Sunday had been selected to play West Virginia in the New Year's Eve Bowl game in Memphis. UT announced in a statement Sunday's test results revealed an increase in positive cases among student-athletes and staff and subsequent contact tracing. The decision was made in consultation with health health officials, the SEC, and the Liberty Bowl. Student-athletes and staff affected are taking the appropriate safety measures. University of Tennessee extends its sincere apology to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl and the city of Memphis and is disappointed it will not be able to fulfill its commitment on New Year's Eve. The Liberty Bowl... Quick to go into action. I don't know if you heard, but it's a lot of discussion since Sunday that Army got left out of the bowl games. They finished the season 9-2, but were not initially invited to a bowl game. Well, the Liberty Bowl tweeted out last night, breaking news. We are excited to host Army in the 62nd AutoZone Liberty Bowl. So Army will now take on West Virginia in the Liberty Bowl with Tennessee pulling out. Uh, Mizzou. Their bowl opponent is dealing with some COVID issues of their own. Iowa has paused in-person football activities for the next five days due to an uptick in COVID issues. Their athletic director and coach Kirk Ferentz believe they will still be ready to play on December 30th in the Music City Bowl against Mizzou. But that's one worth watching. Would you just simply pull Iowa out and replace them with another team, kind of like the Liberty Bowl just did with Army? Seems like that might be the easiest thing, but if you're Mizzou, how'd you like to start preparing and spending a week prepping for Iowa and then maybe not even playing them? We'll see what happens with that. Over at LSU, as part of their defensive staff overhaul, several reports say LSU is moving on from defensive coordinator Bo Pelini after just one year. Also expected to be gone are safeties coach Bill Bush and defensive line coach Bill Johnson. Now, both of those guys were part of the national championship team with LSU just a year ago. So they'll both be on the on the way out with Bo Pelini. Man, did Bo Pelini just give everybody a bad name on the defense? Pelini's defense in his first year, first game coming back as defense coordinator, gave up the single-game SEC passing yardage record to Mike Leach's Mississippi State team 
and a 10-point loss. LSU finished 10th in the SEC in scoring defense, giving up almost 35 points per game, and finished 10th in run defense while finishing next to last versus the pass just above Vanderbilt. That is not good for LSU, so you can understand why they are getting rid of Polini, but it's not going to be cheap. The Baton Rouge Advocate reports Polini has guaranteed all the remaining income in his three-year $2.3 million a year contract. That puts his buyout over $5 million. Reports that Ogeron was given a limited budget to restructure his staff, and Polini's buyout is going to take up most of it. Now, DB's coach Corey Raymond, who is an excellent recruiter, is expected to remain at LSU. There was some thought last year about maybe just when Dave Aranda left promoting Corey Raymond to be the defensive coordinator. We'll see if that's what LSU decides to do or if they decide to go out and round up some more money and pay a big-name defensive coordinator to come in. Either way, I think it's an amicable uh, departure because, look, LSU's defense has never been that or hasn't been that bad at least, what, 20 years since prior to Nick Saban coming there? Awful. Also over at LSU, third string running back Chris Curry announced uh, he's entered the transfer portal. He wore number 18 coming into the season at LSU. That's a number that's given to typically one of the leaders of the football team, but Curry quickly fell behind John Emery and Ty Davis-Price on the depth chart there, so we'll see where he ends up. He was a guy who stepped up big for LSU in the SEC championship game last year against Georgia and played really well. Another coach is on the move, an analyst from the University of Alabama, former Houston head coach Major Applewhite, is headed to Mobile after he was named offensive coordinator at South Alabama. If you recall, Major Applewhite spent the last two years as an analyst over at University of Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, wide receiver Devontae Smith appearing on the Paul Feinbaum show yesterday. He was asked about the attention he's getting surrounding possibly winning the Heisman Trophy. Um, just continuing to buy into the things around here and just continuing to do my job. If it's meant for me, it'll, have, it'll happen, it'll work out for me. But just doing the things I need to do around here and just continuing the journey that we started. Humble kid. We'll see if he wins the Heisman. By the way, the Heisman voting deadline passed yesterday, so the finalists will be announced this coming Thursday. Over at Auburn, their coaching search continues. Word came out yesterday that Auburn was sitting down with UAB head coach Bill Clark, interviewing him for the head job, in addition to already considering defense coordinator Kevin Steele. Now AL.com reports that Auburn has had contact with Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables, but the expectation is that he will be staying at Clemson. For what it's worth, Brett Venables has two sons currently on the Clemson roster, so it might be tough for him to leave them. Over at Arkansas, quarterback Felipe Franks was named a semifinalist for the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year Award. Coming back from that ankle injury in 2019, he suffered at Florida. Bounced back to have a pretty good year at quarterback for Arkansas this year. And lastly, Vanderbilt officially introduced their new head coach at a press conference yesterday in Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee. Lee, who is a former Commodore himself, talked about taking the Vanderbilt job. An emotional decision and I can assure you for me this is a strategic decision Vanderbilt University still offers something of substance something that lasts and it centers on investment in people and the gift of an education that will permeate a lifetime and I return home with a simple mission and that's to win 
to win at Vanderbilt and to do it the right way. Well, certainly have his work cut out for him after Vandy went winless in the SEC this year. And that is around the conference. When we return, we're going to talk all things SEC with our buddy Dan Matthews of the Chuck Oliver Show. Hey guys, it is bowl season. We got bowl games going on today, tomorrow, the next several days until further notice. And that means you need to be stocked up on plenty of Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know that watching football is therapeutic. It is your uninterrupted me time. It is the perfect excuse to chill and just drink beer. Plenty of games going on, plenty of action with NFL playoffs right around the corner. And of course, the entire bowl season leading up to the college football playoff. Plenty of reasons to enjoy some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light, we always tell you, is cold lagered, cold filtered, cold packaged. It is as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for any moment to unwind. So encourage you guys to crack open that can of the Coors Light. When you see the blue mountains on the side, you know you did something right. It's ice cold, mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is the one that I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit that reset button, reach for the beer that's made to chill, and that is Coors Light. You can get them in their new look cans delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Please remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Speaking of bowl season, college football in the middle of bowl season, getting started right now. Some big matchups happening this week and this weekend. NFL regular season finishing up with their playoff picture becoming a little bit clearer, and there's only one place that has you covered and the one place we trust, that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for your 50% welcome bonus. We got games going on today. Depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, you can get in 3.30 Eastern, Tulane, and Nevada. Uh, BetOnline AG has Tulane as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, so you may want to jump in on them. Later tonight, we'll get Central Florida against BYU. Central Florida is a a six-and-a-half-point underdog to Kalani Sataki's crew at BYU. So, again, those are the lines right now at betonline.ag. Get on over there and get started and make it some bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON and get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, the holidays are about giving, so I am giving you a hot tip that could earn you some extra cash. The new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by Lee Sterling of ParamountSports.com. Lee is red hot to start the season, and he shares a lock of the day on every episode. Subscribe to Locked On Bets today, wherever you get your podcasts. Locked on SEC rolling along here, and man, there is so much to talk about, so much to discuss. So I said, we got to get our buddy Dan Matthews on. Longtime writer, reporter, covering all things SEC. Been on the Georgia beat for a while. Now he's in Atlanta doing his thing on the Chuck Oliver show. He is Dan Matthews, and he joins us now. Dan, there is so much to get into, my friend, uh, with the SEC regular season coming to an end. But, man, it feels like we're just getting started on SEC off-season conversations. Oh, and you know that that's half the fun. I mean, you know, because uh, every single uh, program who has uh, a hiring, they either believe that they're going to win the national championship or uh, they uh, believe that uh, their AD and everybody else has no idea what they're doing. So, uh, in some cases, that could be true, and we'll find out just how true it is this year. 
All right, let's start with, uh, I guess let's just first start with the uh, Alabama winning the SEC championship game. I think we were all surprised that uh, Florida kept it, you know, stayed in the game as, as long as they did and, and made it look respectably close there towards the end. Uh, what was your reaction to what you saw there? And then the reaction to Alabama, obviously being the number one seed in the college football playoff, but being the lone SEC team getting in. Yeah, I mean, it, let's just start with the first part. I mean, I, I think I expected Florida to score points. I think that I eventually expected for an adjustment to be made to being able to take out uh, Kadarius Tony, but more importantly, take out uh, Kyle Pitts. And I think that credit goes to Dan Mullen, uh, that he was still able to keep that offense viable. I mean, you know, we've seen so many times that teams, when they get into the fourth quarter, that seemingly... <clears throat> Excuse me, getting choked up thinking about it. Uh, you know, that's seemingly when teams really start to uh, kind of uh, fall away from Alabama. And uh, that seemingly is when uh, Kyle Trask and, and the offense uh, started to hit their stride. And, and I, you know, I think that uh, there is something to be said. I mean, especially, too, for somebody who had every uh, belief that he was still in the Heisman Trophy race and, and everybody's saying as much as well. So, um, I, I do think that Alabama was the better team, and they won. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, in terms of uh, the one SEC team getting in, uh, I'm not surprised, and it's also, too, it, it, it wasn't warranted for Texas A&M to get in for two reasons. Number one, um, it was just it's the scenario of they did not really control games and dominate games this year, uh, the Auburn game is one that comes to mind. I mean, even Tennessee this past weekend uh, where, um, you know, they really, I think, had an opportunity to put a number up on a down Tennessee team, and they didn't. I mean, a 21-point win is nice, but a 21-point win is nice when you're in the Final Four and all you need to do is just win the game and be able to move on. And I just think that uh, that's something that hurt them all season. And then uh, also, to the play of the quarterback, um, Kellen Mond, I mean, that game that he had against Florida, you thought to yourself, okay, if they can get this quarterback play out of Kellen Mond, then yes, this team is elite. Uh, but that seemingly was the best game he had all year. He struggled against LSU. It was a sloppy night. I get that. Uh, he really didn't do all that well against Auburn. Uh, they won the game eventually and, and pulled away in that one, I guess. Uh, and then this last weekend, he wasn't really that sharp. So I, I think that when you look at the matchups that are in the Final Four, I mean, you've got an elite quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. You've got an elite quarterback in Mac Jones. Uh, the same deal uh, with um, uh, Justin Fields, even though he didn't play all that well last weekend against uh, Northwestern. And then Ian Book, uh, same deal for him uh, at Notre Dame. So uh, I think that the four teams that got in, uh, they definitely can uh, you know, flaunt their resume. I mean, Ohio State probably has the weakest case of all of them. But look, the games that they played, they won. Aside from last weekend, they had beaten their opponents by an average of about 24 points a game. So I just I, I look at that and I say that's dominant over what A&M had put on uh, on film. And in Cincinnati, I, I just it, it's not there for me. I mean, the <laughs> style that they play, it, it would have not gone well at all against any of the teams. Talking with Dan Matthews, executive producer for the Chuck Oliver Show, been covering the SEC a long time. I'm with you, Dan. I, I just couldn't get over AM, 
you know, their, their best win, you know, everybody asks us, what's their best win? You know, we got to talk resume. We can't just say, well, they're better than Ohio State only played six games and Notre Dame just lost. All that I said, don't, don't worry about anybody else. Let's make the case for A&M. And their best right. win on the season was Florida. And they beat them right. at home. And it was a game that was tied in the final minutes. Florida fumbles at midfield. A&M goes about 20 yards and kicks a game-winning field goal. Great. I'm, I don't want to take anything away from but at the end of the day, that's a three-loss Florida team. And I just keep saying, mm-hmm. if that's your best win, I say, what's your second best win? They say Auburn. Great. Auburn fired their coach. So I, I could do this right. all day. I just think the reality is, and, and A&M, look, they're still newbies to the SEC. The reality is, Dan, you want to you get into the playoff, win the damn conference, win the SEC. Don't even win the SEC. Win the SEC West. Win at least your side. You've got to beat Alabama. And this is what's frustrated LSU fans. This is what frustrates Auburn fans, Arkansas fans, Ole Miss fans, is you got that damn juggernaut in your conference that you got to beat. And the reality for Texas A&M is beat them. You did it once on a fluke play with Johnny Manziel where he spun out and he ended up winning the Heisman. Great. But you got to beat those guys if you want to get into the into the playoff. And so I think it was really A&M can bitch and moan all they want. I just feel like win the SEC West win the SEC conference, and you absolutely will get into the playoff. Well, I mean, it's coach speak, but it's control the controllables. I mean, if you if you do what you said, then you don't have to worry about it. I mean, when you have to worry about what other teams do, then it's completely out of your control, and it's a judgment call. And as we see in sports, I mean, when it's a judgment call on the field, it's 50-50. It could go for you or it could go against you. And I, I think that that's just the thing with A&M is it goes back to the way that they won their game. I mean, you know, yeah, you say that Auburn game, uh, that really was a pretty close game until maybe late in the fourth, third quarter, even midway through uh, the fourth quarter uh, in that game. I mean, you still, you felt like Auburn still had a shot, uh, at least in that game. So I just didn't feel like the game control was quite there for them. And, you know, I mean, that's the other part of it as well. Is, I mean, you know, like I said, they struggled against LSU. As we saw the way that LSU team was playing at the time, they should have handled them a lot better than they did, and they didn't. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, that game was still, I mean, that, that game, Chris, until, you know, um, uh, T.J. Finley throws uh, that interception, uh, LSU's still in the ball game, And, you know, a questionable call earlier in the game, they would have been even more in the ball ballgame uh, if uh, that, uh, that uh, pass was called a touchdown. So, I mean, I just, it's all those things that, you know, when you look at and, and people want to say, well, Notre Dame's going to get killed by by Alabama. Okay, they might. But you know what Notre Dame also did? They beat number one Clemson on their field. <laughs> uh, they they went to North Carolina and beat a North Carolina team. And then people, of course, will say, well, what about Louisville? What about Duke? They won the game. They had bad games. But it's also, too, they had two top 15 wins. Like, I, I don't know what else you want from them in terms of being able to say that their resume is not valid. Their resume is completely valid. And the other part of this as well is I said that one of the spots was immediately taken up when Notre Dame finished the regular season undefeated. Because with those two wins, pretty much no matter what happened in Charlotte, they pretty much, you could say, did a favor uh, for, for Clemson, where Clemson was able to win that game and solidify their spot as well. That, I mean, you know, the regular season's got to matter a little bit. You know, I mean, you, you can't just have the regular season in the way that these teams have played and then they get to championship weekend and they lose. Or, or you know, you have a situation with Ohio State where everybody, oh, they're, they're overrated. They're all these different types of things. I'll, I'll give you this. They're not as good as they were last year. Ohio State can beat Clemson. I, I mean, it, it's, 
all, you know, as, as we, we saw the video today with uh, Ryan Day in the locker room, which I'm sure that's going to be another case of coaches saying don't take out cell phones. <laughs> but uh, of them saying, look, we don't need to beat them ten times. We don't need to – all we need to do is just win one game. So uh, that's a hungry bunch. That's a motivated bunch. That's that's a bunch that feels like they were flighted last year. So uh, I think we can agree that uh, Alabama does uh, pose a bad matchup to Notre Dame. Uh, but uh, also, though, too, I mean, I, I think we can agree that that's going to be a very motivated Ohio State team, at least it should be, uh, taking on an equally motivated Clemson team as well. Yeah, I think the only one we know is definitely going to lose right now is, is Notre Dame. I think everybody else has a chance to, to win and uh, and win the championship, for that matter. I certainly think if Ohio State or Clemson faces Alabama, either of them will have a chance. The one thing you, you, you don't want to do to motivate a team is keep telling you don't belong here. You don't belong here. Yeah, watch Justin Fields go out and ball out and, and win the national championship, but we will see. Uh, obviously, we hope the SEC wins it. Talking with Dan Matthews, more with him after this. Guys, I don't know about you, but the holiday season is certainly taking its toll on me. I feel like every afternoon I'm just dragging, trying to get through the workday, trying to get home and get to some relaxation. And the only way to do that is by reaching out to our friends over at Built Go. We tell you all the time, Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. They can help you break through that wall, whether it's a mental wall, a physical wall, whatever it is. They come in easy-to-take, one-and-a-half-ounce packages. You put them in your briefcase, your golf bag, in your pocket throughout the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without that same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's got three delicious flavors, peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint, whichever one you'd prefer. Just pop in your mouth, and you are ready to go. Built Go combines the energy gel with protein. The protein is fast absorbing, gets into your system fast, very easy on your stomach, and it's got all those B vitamins that are good for you, B6, B3, B12, all those things that you need to make up your daily vitamin intake. They are in there, and they will get you going. Visit them right now at BuiltGo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Every Tuesday at Locked on NFL, Luke Braun and Ross Jackson, they break down the Monday night football action and top fantasy storylines around the NFL with the Tuesday Fantasy Forum. Luke and Ross are joined every Tuesday by a Locked on Fantasy expert to help you save your lineup with waiver wire pickups, must starts, and more. Subscribe now to Locked on NFL wherever you get your podcast. Rolling along here, locked on SEC. Still so much to discuss with our buddy Dan Matthews, executive producer of the Chuck Oliver Show. Been covering the SEC for a long time. And Dan, um, I'm an LSU grad, so that, that's the team I, I kind of root for. But I do root for the entire SEC. I want all 14 teams to do well. I want them all to go out and win their bowl games. But a uh, little interesting nugget last night as Bo Pelini let go after just one year as defensive coordinator at LSU. No surprise there. We kind of thought that was coming as LSU's defense was the worst it it has probably ever been. Also not returning will be safeties coach Bill Bush and their defensive line coach Bill Johnson. Look, give give Coach O some credit. I mean, when we talk about this season did not go awry after just winning a national championship is one thing, but man, to make the necessary changes and not go, well, we're paying this guy this much. Let's see if we can ride it out and fix it. No coach O says, look, we did, we messed up. Let's, let's get rid of him and we'll make a new hire. 
you're exactly right, especially now with uh, the whole, oh, you're spending this much money to let people go away during a pandemic. I mean, you know, that's something that some athletic directors and some coaches are, are not willing to really face the fire when it comes to the optics of it all. But, uh, no, I mean, you're exactly right. You saw the way that this defense played. And, I mean, you know, people can say, uh, you know, and I, I saw where somebody pointed out, well, you know, they, they you got to get credit to Bo Pelini for how they played against Arkansas. I don't think you do. I, that that still was a defense that uh, gave up plays down the field and, and gave up uh, explosives and, and was able to come up with a huge stop at the end. I'll give them that. But aside from that, still, I mean, that would be in in the old days for, you know, LSU defense, uh, that would be a, a, a bad game. That would be a mediocre game. And, you know, Florida, the same deal. I mean, 600 yards of offense. And, and and 31 points in that one. And then even this last weekend, I mean, when you had the lead that you had and you let Matt Corral and Ole Miss get back in this where they even at one point took a lead, it was embarrassing. It was pathetic. And, and I just I think that you saw a group that really did not believe in what he was bringing to the field. And I think that it's a little bit of that is also an edge as well because you should know better than to know that it's easy to switch from a 3-4 to a 4-3 in just one year. That's not the case. (laughs) There are plenty of 3-4 defensive coordinators out there that he could have gone and gotten and could have gone and gotten for less money. And that's the part of it as well that I think, you know, as as I've stated on this show and and you talked about two-year leanings, I'm an LSU guy myself, and – the frustration with it is what was necessarily so good the first time about Bo Pelini <laughs> that you felt so strongly that you needed to pay $2.3 million to bring him back. Yeah, you, I didn't you, get that. You won a national championship, but you lost two games that year. So it's not even like his defense was lights out, man. They were just putting it well, on people. Oh, right. I mean, I remember that Arkansas game, but you know, regardless, it, it's just, you just won a national championship. Like, like you just said, do some research Find another defensive coordinator in terms of asking around, do your research. I mean, I guarantee you, I mean, you think that Pete Golding went from uh, UTSA to Alabama just because Nick had, had, had heard a couple of things about him? I mean, they've been scouts guys. Now people can say how the defense has gone under his leadership in Tuscaloosa. That's another story. But still, the point is, you got to do a little bit of scouting. And, and, and you got to do your research on these guys. And that's how you get the Joe Brady's. That's how you get. I mean, a lot of people believe that Liam Cohen is, is going to do really great things uh, in, in Kentucky uh, with the Wildcats. I mean, you know, so to do this, well, you know, oh, Bo is great. Bo is all these different types of things. I mean, we had Chris Landry come on our show, Chris, a couple of weeks ago and tell us that Bo Pelini's first message to the guys was, you basically didn't do anything last year, and I'm here to change it. So tell a group of guys that just came off a national championship that they didn't do anything to necessarily help that, that they were terrible the year before, and see see if they're willing to run through a wall for you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and put the smart money on they're not going to be willing to put the, the, uh, run through a wall for you. <laughs> and we saw the, the opt-outs that we saw this season, and, and we saw, I mean, it doesn't surprise me with the safeties coach being let go because, let's be honest, safety play was terrible for yeah. LSU this season. Uh, Jacoby Stevens probably lost money coming back this year, uh, which uh, that's uh, you know that's, that's that's a rough deal for him. Hopefully, he can prove people wrong in the NFL. 
And then the defensive line play, I mean, I get it. No Tyler Shelvin, and, and you also had some injuries and, and other factors that hurt you as well. But uh, the defensive line play wasn't up to what you need. So uh, I think both of those things uh, spelled out them making the moves. And uh, the good news is there's a lot of good defensive coordinators out there right now that, that are looking for work. I mean, you know, do they, do they go after a Derek Mason? Do they go after a Will Muschamp? Uh, Kevin Steele. I mean, you know, I know it didn't work out under Les Miles. Does, does uh, Ed Ogeron go back kind of hat in hand and say, hey, you know, I, that was him. This is me. I mean, give us a shot again. Well, that's and, that's and, that's and if, if this works. That's if Auburn decides to move on from. They may say whoever the next head coach is, you got to take Kevin Steele. One one name to watch, uh, at least for the LSU opening, Dan, I've heard is Ryan Nielsen. He is the uh, uh, defensive line coach for the Saints. And if you've watched the Saints this year, they get after the quarterback. They have been very active on that defensive line with tons of sacks. That would be an interesting name, a guy who has a connection to Coach Hill back when he had the old Miss job, uh, Ryan Nielsen. That's just a name to keep an eye on. All right, a couple quick hitters, Dan, just from around the conference. Speaking of Auburn, uh, everything we heard when they let Gus Malzahn go, we were shocked, we were a little surprised, but we said, oh, they must have their man in mind, or who the, who the right. replacement is going to be. And then we go days without hearing anything, and then they hire a search firm or put together a search firm to say, this is going to be our search firm for my, to find our next head coach. What are they doing at Auburn? Well, I think and what I can only surmise right now, and this is just a guess, is that they thought they had their guy. I think they, you know, let's just say Hugh Freeze, for example, that I mean, maybe they felt like, and I think he's a Jimmy Sexton guy, that they had their guy and that maybe they were making traction to be able to get him to Auburn, and it kind of felt like it was almost going to be a done deal. And I, I just threw out Hugh Freeze's name. Like I said, this is complete conjecture. But I'm almost wondering if that's what happened. If, if the guy that they had in mind, they, they were ready to make the offer and, and felt like that they would accept, and they got cold feet and, and said, you know what, maybe not. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, that's just all I can think of right now because – this seemingly seems very clunky to move on from a guy who's had the most success against Nick Saban. And I get it. Um, you know, the other part that's a knock on him is the offense has really been inconsistent from year to year. I mean, he's been able to put together a couple of great years, his first one, and then uh, 2017. Uh, but aside from that, they've had their stops and starts with that as well. Uh, and then also, too, they seemingly would lose a game or two a year that, that people got frustrated with seeing them finish nine and three, eight and four. I mean, you saw that precipitated a move in Athens, but you know, even though when, when they moved on from Mark Rick, Kirby smart in Athens, you knew who the replacement was going to be. I mean, and I think that maybe some people felt like they knew who the replacement was going to be at Auburn, uh, but uh, it, it didn't come to fruition. So now, I mean, they find themselves where you, you get the report yesterday that uh, Billy Napier had, supposedly turned him down I mean it, you know it's kind of one of those where I think as an Auburn fan you got to ask gosh where are we if, if we're being turned down by the coach of Louisiana Lafayette <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable when you're that uh it, it getting turned down by guys at that level but I'm just fascinated to see what what direction Auburn heads in last thing for you talking with uh, Dan Matthews Dan uh, I know you are close to the program at Georgia when you talk about what the expectations were coming into the season for the Bulldogs, they were expecting to be in the playoff and, and competing for a national championship. Mm -hmm. They're not. However, 
they have had this spark ignited ever since JT Daniels has taken over at quarterback. I say that to say, if you told them at the beginning of the year you're going to be playing Cincinnati in the in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, I think every, every Georgia fan would have rolled their eyes. But I think a real opportunity here to go out against a really good undefeated Cincinnati team, put it on them, put it on them and build some momentum going into next year. Yeah, there's no doubt. And Kirby Smart on Sunday when uh, met with the media on Zoom said, said as much. I mean, he talked about how games like this, you know, for most programs, some people believe that they're going to show up disinterested because it's one of those for players, if we're not in the playoff, well, what does it really matter? Um, but I think for Georgia, it's going to be a chance for them to uh, get some guys who didn't necessarily have the starting reps this year, give them a chance and give them a tune-up. Um, you've got talented players up and down this roster. You've recruited as much the last few years. And also, too, another thing that he talked about was just the approach that the team has to the game. I mean, he mentioned specifically the game a couple of years ago uh, in the Sugar Bowl against Texas where he said, and, and he said it was brought up with his staff, of we just didn't prepare, and, and our guys just didn't take this seriously. And he felt like the year later when they played against Baylor, that that approach was taken uh, because I also think now too, you know, I know that people get on opt outs and, and, and everybody who decides that they're not going to play in these bowl games. And that's fine. That's your opinion. You can do what you want. But I think also sometimes too, a coach would do better because I do think that part of it is coaches telling these guys, Hey, you know what? Who are we kidding? We know you're not going to be here next year. Go ahead and, and, and go to Florida, go to Arizona, start getting ready for, for the draft, do everything you need, and, and we'll go from there. I mean, I know that uh, I think uh, Coach O tried to do that a little bit with Leonard Fournette when, when he didn't play um, in the uh, bowl game a couple of years ago against uh, Louisville. But, you know, aside from that, I mean, I, I, if I'm a coach and I know that a guy is probably not going to be back as a junior or a senior is not going to be back, I mean, you know, I think it's going to be a little different for some guys because they didn't get that senior day. Uh, they might want to play one last game. Um, but for the most part, I think I'm telling the guys, hey, no hard feelings. Go ahead and do that because I know what you can do at safety. I need to see what this guy can do or that guy can do and, and try to figure out the way things go from there. So um, it's definitely going to be a chance for them to see some new faces and to get people excited about the future. And I think uh, one of the things that's getting people excited about the future is JT Daniels and the way he's played the last few weeks because, let's be honest, that's a part of the offense they haven't had in a long time. (laughs) He is Dan Matthews. Catch him a part of the Chuck Oliver Show every week in Atlanta. Uh, What do you guys have on the show this week? It's bittersweet, man, that the regular season is already done with. I, I like the bowl games. I get excited for bowl games, but it's bittersweet that the season's over already. Oh, no. I mean, we always have things to talk about. You know, that's kind of the thing that we've said with the Chuck Oliver show is, you know, we're college football year uh, um, all, all year round, and, you know, there's always something going on. I mean, the good news is, is the hot stove on coaching uh, is, <laughs> is much more than, than head coaching now, uh, so you got that. Uh, and then also, too, I mean, who's going to take over some of these coordinator positions? Um, you know, I mean, let's – Let's see, uh, you know, what happens even with uh, the teams that are in the playoff. I mean, there is there movement from uh, those teams and, and having to try to find new coordinators there. So uh, we'll see if that all plays out. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's we've always got something. Chris Landry joining us. Dave Bartu of College Football Matrix, who does fantastic work. He joins us every week as well. 
Russ Mitchell from College Football News. So uh, we always have plenty to talk about on the Chuck Holland Show. Dan, I love it. Great stuff, man. Always good to catch up with you. And I'm sure we'll get you on again very soon to break down the landscape of the SEC. Oh, man, always appreciate it. So hopefully you have a great Christmas, and hopefully all the listeners have a great holiday as well. You too, man. Thanks so much for the time. That's Dan Matthews there of the Chuck Oliver Show in Atlanta and uh, been covering uh, the SEC for a long time. We always appreciate him uh, for jumping on with us. That is just about going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Man, we ran through it. So much going on, so much to discuss with coaches being hired and fired and teams prepping for bowl games, players opting out. It's just been a crazy, crazy last handful of days. We'll be back tomorrow talking all things SEC football right here on Locked on SEC. Go bet on some bowl games. Go check out uh, our buddies at betonline.ag. We'll make some bets. Got some bowl games today. I'm going to go check them out. Talk to you guys tomorrow.